Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash new music industry. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So today I'm chatting with co-founders of Ursa Music, Chad Royce and Chris Jones. How are you today? Hey, how's it going, David? Doing well. How are you? I'm well. I really appreciate you joining me today for another conversation about the music industry, which, as we all know, is exciting. Now, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Most stre- <laughs> most streaming sites uh, to this point have been consumer friendly, while being less friendly to artists. There's sort of an upside to that in the sense that streaming platforms can optimize customer experience. But the main downside, of course, is that artists haven't really had much of a presence in terms of profile on these platforms, and fans aren't served by that either. So on Ursa, however, you've given artists the opportunity to create their own profiles, including music, photos, videos, tour dates, bios, and more. So talk about that. Um, Sure. I mean, our our goal here, uh, both Chad and I are artists. We... um Chad, professional drummer, producer, I myself as a singer-songwriter. That's kind of where the um, inspiration behind this came. Um, you know, our goal here was just to pr- provide this really artist-centric, um, you know, platform where artists can connect to their music and create context. Uh, and, you know, we just felt like it was very important to give them that control, that ability to uh, speak directly to their audience, to provide you know, a bunch of creative ways of expressing themselves on the daily. Uh, and so we developed this platform with the artist in mind, uh, as I said, giving them uh, sort of uh, multiple feature sets in order to express themselves more clearly for fans to have a deeper experience uh, altogether. And uh, yeah, in light of, as you were pointing out earlier, the streaming services, some of the the uh, costs around it, obviously the money there isn't as great as, uh, you know, CD sales or album sales once were. But, you know, starting to move in the right direction by giving artists the ability to, uh, you know, maintain the constant connection with their audience by giving them the control they need over their profiles. We're starting to give, you know, move more into that artist first space. That's our philosophy. By solving problems for artists, we create a deeper experience for fans and uh, again, I, I think that is kind of the direction of things, this consolidation and engagement. And uh, this is really a nice first step for us. And we have a lot of other things that we're going to roll out in the future. Mm. Yeah, as singer, songwriter and producer, I guess you would both have kind of an inside view into what things have been like to this point in in streaming and the shift that's happened here into the digital realm that we're now in. What What kind of things were you seeing as that transition was happening? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we noticed, um, you know, ever ever since music became digitized, it's sort of lost all that additional content that users used to, you know, people used to dig into, whether it was, you know, if you had a CD booklet, you could check out liner notes or credits or, um, you know, the lyrics, the additional artwork that's in there. And you just get that sort of deeper connection um, with that artist and that release. Mm-hmm. Um and so when music became digitized, you sort of it just became about you know playlists and um, MP3s and you know you, you sort of lost all of that additional 
artist context and, and, and content. Um, one of the things for me that was really important was credits. Um, being a producer, being a drummer, I did have a profile on the sort of the standard um, all music um, situation where I, you know, I think I had something like three profiles, all of which had credits, some of which were completely wrong, some of which were mine, but were just not exactly right. Like it said, maybe vocal engineer instead of, you know, producer or something like that. Um, and it just was frustrating. It just didn't seem like there was a place that I could manage my discography accurately. Um, so one of the things that Chris and I talked about doing and, and what we've impl implemented in the app is um, this sort of double verified crediting system where um, artists can invite people to be credited on releases and um, industry professionals can request to be credited on releases. Hmm. Um, in both cases, the other person has to agree that the credit is accurate before it goes live. Um, so it's, it's just a really great way to build a discography as a professional and for artists to be able to kind of add that additional context for their fans. You know, it's a great way for fans to discover new music. If you like the production on, um, you know, on a, on a release, you, you can actually literally tap that producer's name in the, um, in the app and it'll take you to that producer's profile. Everyone can, can have a profile on Ursa. So producers, mixers, engineers, instrumentalists, um, everyone can have a profile. And when you get credited, you'll have your discography right there. So if a fan discovers a producer they like, they can go to the fan to, to the producer's uh, discography button and you know check out all of the stuff that that producer's done and kind of discover new music that way. Mm. So... It segues nicely into my next question. You know, I've been in conversation with a few different sources about this whole thing of credits. And with the growth of digital media, of course, like you mentioned, liner notes have kind of gone the way of the dinosaur. But for many people, that was the joy of buying an album, bringing it home, listening to it and reading the lyrics, credits, and maybe even the hidden messages artists managed to sneak in there. And your platform includes linkable credits. So I'd love it if you'd share what that means and why it matters. Uh, well, essentially, when a, for, we have an interesting music player whereby if you, you tap a song, uh, you're going to be able to swipe through uh, this player into multiple pieces of content. So uh, you press play and the first screen you swipe over to will be credits. You can actually tap on that producer's profile and that will take you to that producer's um, profile page whereby you can tap their uh, credits button and then look at all of the things they've done. So it's really a, a matter of just deep dive discovery. When we say linkable, we just mean you can actually click on a person's name, tap into their profile and view the, you know, all of their photos, videos, whatever they have. If they're a producer, you're going to be able to see the discography. You're going to be able to see uh, what other works they've produced, etc. So that's what we mean by linkable, just the ability to actually click into a profile to be able to view uh, that said profile. Yeah, something that I continuously hear is this whole thing of, oh, I really like this guitarist. I'd like to go check out everything that he's ever done and be able to click on that name and then go and see all the recordings that, that he's actually participated in. So I'm guessing that's kind of one of the th benefits yeah, that's, of that. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So literally, I mean, I think I think in some ways um, the credits part of it is almost it's, – it's a better – it's a more – sort of powerful um, way to discover music than, than the algorithms tend to be. I mm. think, you know, I use, I use algorithms and, 
And I would say, you know, maybe, maybe half the time um, it's okay. But, you know, I would say I skip about half the songs because, you know, if I put in, all right, I want to base a playlist off of this album. You know, you get some weird stuff in there to me that just doesn't belong. Yep. Whereas I feel like with credits, um, you know, if, if you like you said, if you like that guitar player, chances are you'll like, you know, a lot of the other work that he's done. Absolutely. And, you know, I use Spotify all day long, so I do sometimes come across music that I like, but it's definitely mm-hmm. certainly not as efficient as it could be. Just like you said, it, it's not it's not like amazing as a music discovery platform. It works, but it could be. It better. works. Yeah. Right. Agreed. And what other features should artists know about? What are you most proud of with Ursa? I mean, <laughs> that's a good question. Well, one area that we really think is uh, a differentiator. We have an interesting thing where artists can attach artwork to a song. Uh, so what this means, if they put out a new single and they wanted to, share that recording experience from the studio or or some creative art uh, related to that particular single, they can actually attach that photo photograph or image, whatever they want to attach there uh, to the song itself, creating a story around the song. It's very interesting. And again, getting into that music player, you can swipe from the credit screen, you move over another screen and it's going to display that artwork. So it's going to create an interesting visual story around that particular song or album that we're hoping to really expand upon. It's a new feature. We don't see that out in the world. And we think it's going to add to that sort of liner notes feel as well. But this is sort of a visual visual representation of that. Um, that's one feature that we think is exciting and uh, that artists will benefit from and be very creative with. Uh, we think fans will really enjoy that as, again, just deeper insight into you know the artist, the recording experience. Uh, what an artist goes through in, in terms of creating that song, uh, anything, uh, you know, any kind of content that they can engage with is really, uh, we feel important and it's going to be fun. Uh, and additionally, just expressive. I'm sure Chad probably has his own, uh, idea of something he might want to highlight, but that would be one feature that I really enjoy. No, I, and I totally agree. Um, and, and liner notes. So, so just to go one step further, so the, the first screen you land on when you tap play is is the cover art screen. So you act, so we have the cover art that's that's automatically pulled in, um, and then to Chris's point, users can or artists can add additional artwork um, beyond that cover art. So if there's other artwork that was made for that CD, you could add it there. You could also just take a selfie in the studio, or you could you know take pictures from the studio experience and put it in there. Um, whatever you want really as an artist to add that context. And our feeling is that, you know, instead of having, you know, as a user, when you discover that piece of music, that'll give you a chance to kind of go deeper and get to know that artist's, um, you know, sort of full 360 degree kind of vibe of who they are, rather than having to bounce out and go to Instagram, um, and bounce out and go to Facebook or Twitter or wherever, um, you know, sort of, it, it has that potential of taking a fan, like you said, if you discover something on Spotify, you know, I do it all the time. I discover something, um, you know, um, on a playlist, let's say, and I add it to a playlist and I listen to it, you know, 10 or 20 times. I might like the song, but I might not know anything about that artist. I, I probably won't know when they're playing. I won't know, you know, when they're coming to town or what. I, I might not know anything about them. I just like the song. And so for me, so I'm just a fan of the song. I'm not really a fan of the artist. 
Hmm. Um, so we're sort of trying to create this experience where when you discover something, you can really become a fan of the artist. And that that's where it kicks into actually providing additional revenue streams for that artist that go beyond just the streaming. You know, that's that where, that's where you become a fan of that artist and you want to see them play. You want to see them, you know, when are they coming to, um, you know, where I live? When when am I going to be able to see them? When am I, where, should, where can I buy the merch? What can I, you know, just there's so much to an artist that is beyond just the streaming. And that's what we kind of want to provide. There's also an additional events screen in the player. So you'll be able to see when that artist is playing. Um, and then um, a liner notes screen, which is where artists can kind of talk about the inspiration behind the song or the story of, of, of the process of recording it, the, um, you know, whatever they want to do to kind of add context. And I found that to be really interesting um, already just in the, in the app itself, when artists adding liner notes, I find like reading that makes me want to tap play on the song. Everything appears on the feed of the artists you follow. So when I see liner notes on the feed and I read it, there's a play button right there on the feed. I can tap play and kind of dive right into the track. One of the things we like to say is we like to turn passive listeners into active listeners. Hmm. Uh, as you probably know, when you're at Spotify or users are at, you know, another streaming service of their choice, um, you know, it is some where you press play and you kind of stick the phone in your pocket and you kind of do your thing. Uh, on Ursa, you know, obviously you can do that. But what we really like to foster is that that engagement factor that, you know, going down the rabbit hole kind of feeling uh, to Chad's point. If you like the song, you know, you may have more questions uh, after that. What was the song about? What's the inspiration behind it? Where can I see these guys play? I really like them. Where can I buy their stuff? Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. And it's interesting. You know, I'd love to see the video. I'd love to get a visual representation of who they are. Um, that's the interesting thing with music. It's, you know, being expressed in so many different modes. Uh, and there's obviously uh, a lot of things to cover. Uh, so we really like to create an active space where where fans can go deeper, look around, get a feel for who the artist they're listening to is. And for artists, it just gives them a, a very consolidated space where they can create that content on the daily uh, and introduce fans to new sides of themselves. Uh, it's really kind of the philosophy of what we, how we're trying to approach it. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned that is pretty funny is just this whole thing of most platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, or otherwise, aren't interested in sending people away from their platform so that people can go and discover whatever it is they want to, whether it's a video or the artist's website or their bio or what have you. I, I like how you've chosen to really make that part of your platform, incorporate it, and make it much more convenient for people to just delve in. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It just seemed like a, a wasted opportunity. If you have listeners in one space enjoying your music, why not have the ability to give them more in that space where they're actually pressing play? Uh, it just seems like strike while the iron's hot, you know? Yeah. Yep. Active listeners there. And then on the other end of it, you have, um, you know, platforms like Instagram where artists are really forced to kind of, um, you know, do the whole link in the bio thing where, you know, as a fan, if you see a, you know, maybe an artist posts something, Hey, I have, you know, new release out today or whatever, um, with a picture, uh, link in bio. And, um, you know, as a user, you have to go to their profile, you have to, um, you tap the link in the bio. It opens a page where you have to choose whether you want to listen on Spotify or Apple music or whatever, and you choose that. And then it opens your web 
browser and you have to log in or sometimes you know it takes you to the wrong area wrong page you have to try again it's just very clunky and it doesn't it doesn't foster that sort of direct connection that we're trying to achieve um in ursa when you know a post appears on the feed it has that play button they don't have to there's no link in the bio necessary so literally an artist can post a, a piece of artwork and say hey my new release is out today um and you know you can just tap play and, and get going yeah and this is just by way of observation and it, it's sort of absurd sort of funny that the technology's been there to do this it's just that sure. it hasn't really been a priority to this point in a way right 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 i mean daniel x founded you know spotify as a sort of legal version of of uh, napster um his whole approach was all right i just want to make it legal you know give users access to all the music in the world and make it legal. He never, he never really sort of looked at it as any other, I think, you know, obviously they've added a a whole bunch of features since then, um, Spotify for artists and whatnot, but still it's very limited. It's, it's really just an audio platform. It's a listening platform. It's a lean back, um, sort of tap play and put your phone away. It's not built for engagement. You philosophically have to build a platform, I think, the way we've done it, engineer it so it's an artist-centric uh, platform. I mean, hmm. you know, the way we differentiate, unless we have this active content, our goal is to just really have active content from artists. That's going to be the differentiating factor for us. Um, and our philosophy from the beginning as musicians has been able to try and provide an experience for artists that's going to give them the flexibility and the control and the uh, the power that we feel like is important to manage your own career. And for fans, the byproduct of that is just a deeper, you know, more thorough and complete experience. So uh, our vantage point, that philosophy, it's a win-win. Start with the artist first, give them the stuff they need to express themselves on the daily, understand their need sets, what the, you know, pain points are. Once we solve those, you know, you're going to, you're going to create a deeper, uh, more vast experience for the fan. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I'm guessing there won't be any easy answers to this question. I'm not looking for numbers necessarily, but I'm sure plenty of artists are going to wonder what is the monetization potential for artists on Ursa and will there be other opportunities for them to boost their revenue? Yeah, definitely. So we're, you know, the business model right now is it's $9.99 for a music subscription, um, which gives you access to music and lyrics, but artists can use artists and fans for that matter can use the platform for free for as long as they want um, with all of the other features. Um, as soon as they tap play on a song, we give them a 30-day free trial. Um, and then after that, if they want to listen to music or view lyrics, it's $9.99 a month. Um, and then, Chris, you want to talk a little bit about some of the additional revenue streams that we're going to be incorporating? Yeah, can do. Um, so, you know, over time, we, we see things like VIP artist experiences whereby artists can have an exclusive content uh, section of their profile where they're offering uh, their fans, you know, content that they withhold, whether it be specific photographs or specific uh, merch offers, uh, you know, the, the sort of variation of things that artists have at their disposal to, to offer fans as an additional peek inside. Um, things of that nature, we're going to be selling merch um, that, that will be solely an artist revenue stream, but we're going to facilitate it. Um, with regards to uh, analytics, we're going to give artists you know, all of the analytics they need. That won't necessarily be a revenue stream, but an additional feature for artists to have, and that'll be a little further down the line. Um, ticket sales. Oh, live, 
live streaming. Live streaming, thank you. Live streaming is another area that we want to, um, you know, really make a highlight on the platform. So our feeling around live streaming is we kind of want to legitimize the experience a little bit more and elevate it. I know there's a lot of platforms out there like Periscope where they offer certain people the ability to create, uh, you know, or they just get online and they sort of uh, do whatever they're going to do. On Earth, so we want to create a live ex streaming experience that's akin to like an on-demand thing where an artist sets up a show, they can basically sell a ticket to their followers for a price of their choosing. And uh, those fans buy the ticket and they sort of activate when that showtime comes. And uh, and we have, as Chad pointed out earlier, we have event systems here where and event calendars for fans where all of this information and material will be organized for them. Another revenue stream that we think will be important. Uh, and also just, again, in the spirit of consolidation, you know, no need to go anywhere else. Our event system is pretty robust. Uh, people can look at an event. They can tap attending or going. Uh, not dissimilar to Facebook, but again, we're just music oriented. Uh, and then if they wanted to buy a purchase a ticket, it would go on their calendar. They could, you know, share it with their friends, tell everybody they're going to this particular, or they've uh, gotten access to this particular show. And when the show comes, they can, they can view it. Um, so again, I think artists in, in that spirit sort of elevates the experience of live streaming and legitimizes in a way that's more akin to like, I've got a show tonight at eight at Bowery Ballroom. Here's the ticket. Boom. Buy the ticket. In the live streaming sense, we want artists to create a really awesome experience for their fans. So, you know, we've got a show Saturday night. We're going to do this. We're going to set up the lights. We've got the sound, whatever they had, or if it's a little intimate acoustic session in their you know, in their living room, whatever it might be, as long as they're, you know, putting their best, we think this is going to elevate that experience and create a nice revenue stream for them uh, as well. So, you know, another thing about who we are as a platform, we're really trying to touch all these various points that are important for artists. So as we roll out and expand, we're going to be able to see what's working for artists and where we need to improve, as well as to bring new uh, additional revenue streams, uh, you know, into the fold in the future. So it'll be a constant, um, you know, journey of discovery for us in terms of how artists are actually using this. But we really coming from this space again of just trying to provide and solve problems for artists. It's going to create more uh, revenue streams and flexibility for them uh, as we move forward. I think another thing that artists are probably going to have a question around is this whole thing of distribution. Now, digital distribution has gotten easier than ever. People could just go to a service like CD Baby or Ditto Music and, and take advantage of that. But in addition to that, if they want their music up on Bandcamp or SoundCloud or their own website, then they have to upload all their info to another platform. So I guess the question is, is Ursa Music going to be a place they can distribute to, they can easily upload their info to, or can they leverage the, some of the other content they've already created? Yeah, we've, we've given that question quite a lot of thought. Um, you know, we, we have, there are no concrete plans at this time to do anything like that, but we're certainly, you know, our goal is to listen to the artists that we have. And if they, if that's a feature that they, want then of course we will try to uh try to do that um you know there's there's lots of different ways to kind of go about it it gets a little complicated when you're sort of essentially what you're doing is a direct deal with the, with the artists themselves um so you're paying distributors um and then you're also paying all these these direct deals with artists um it, it just requires quite a lot of um you know thought on how you want to how you want to do that um, you know, certainly there's the, the SoundCloud model of sort of doing self uploads. 
um, to look at. Um, and I think we're open to all of that. It's not something that we're planning on doing right away or anything, but definitely open-minded. Hmm. Yeah, the way we're approaching it, we're essentially getting the licenses to stream. So an artist would connect to their catalog. Let's say they they distribute through TuneCore. We would be essentially uh, a service that would their music would be delivered to. So we verify them, connect them to their music, and they can go about creating context around it. We feel like that's the sort of more modern approach. This, uh, you know, obviously with SoundCloud in the beginning. They were just uploading, then they had issues with licensing. We wanted to steer clear of that and make sure we were doing everything, you know, legitimately and legally from the start. So uh, getting licenses in the beginning and then allowing artists to connect to that music that they provided to DistroKid or TuneCore or CD Baby or whomever, we felt like that would be the correct approach right now. And to Chad's point, you know, we're not we're not uh, averse to looking at a SoundCloud-oriented model later on where artists could potentially directly upload but you know it's something we'll have to give more thought to we understand the need for it and certainly uh it could be a really nice feature but uh we want to start in this place where again we legitimize the experience we're not stepping on any legal toes and we're um you know it just we feel like this is a a cooler uh more modern way of doing things i think Although some artists may be in denial, it looks like streaming will be here for a while to come. And I think there may be more opportunities to disrupt kind of as you've done. But I'm going to ask you to project yourself into the future a bit and ask, do you believe in the staying power of streaming? And do you think there will be something else that comes along to replace it? Go for it, Chris. Um, you know, our, the future of music I mean, for me again you know our, our our sort of bet is that consolidation and engagement are the future of of music you know we're obviously a company that's trying to take on a lot you know you would consider us being five or six companies uh folded into one providing uh, several different experiences around the music and music is unique in that fashion but you can look at other companies that are out there that um, you know maybe started like Amazon, they were just an online retailer, but then they've got music now, and they've got all kinds of other things. So they're trying to consolidate experiences. You know, we're doing this in the music space. We think that's important in terms of stream streaming's uh, staying power. I, I think you know, I think I think it probably will, given that a fan's appetite now for all of the music, you know, they can you know they can absorb at their fingertips. Uh, any moment, I don't know that that they're going to just part with that. I think potentially the uh, the revenue streams between, um, you know, I think maybe the middleman in some areas may be cut out. Maybe uh, you know somewhere along the line, um, you know, labels become less necessary. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, artists are doing more direct deals with streaming uh, services. Maybe, uh, you know, or the, the, the money that they're receiving is improved in some way. Obviously, there's a lot of people who have different kinds of models around that. Um, but I do think streaming is probably here to stay. I mean, it's always tough to project that far out. But from simply a fan experience, I mean, I know how, what a, a revelation it was to be able to have all the music I wanted to listen to at my fingertips. I mean, you just can explore and explore and explore. And it, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. Now, the, the, the second piece of that is to say, well, what, how does how has it affected artists? And now what can we do to compensate them in a way that's fair? And a lot of this does um, rely or sort of assume responsibility around the labels. They need to do the right thing for artists. They're obviously getting equity from these um, streaming services and, you know, how they're distributing that. I don't know. 
Um, so basically, we just have to take a look. I think the idea is a good one. I think we just have to really say, how, are we making sure that uh, music creators are getting uh, compensated fairly? And if not, how can we improve that situation? But in terms of um, uh, you know, a sort of platform, an idea, it's, it's a fun idea. I think fans love it so much. I, I don't see it going anywhere. You know, to this day, I think there are some artists that still limit the amount of music people can stream and others just outright avoid digital distribution, as, as funny as that might sound to us. And so what do you see as being the greatest opportunity for artists with regards to streaming? Is there anything they're missing? I mean, you know, to me, it's always about it's again, it's it's kind of leveraging that moment where someone might discover you, you or your song. Um, and leveraging that moment of, you know, okay, I'm a fan of the song. How can I leverage this fan to, you know, spend money on a ticket or buy some merch or, you know, buy a, a, a ticket to a live stream? I think that's really comes down to, for us, that's the heart of it. Like taking a casual listener and converting them into a, 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 you know, a fan that spends money. Um, on you as an artist. Um, I think that's something that's really missing out there. Um, and because everything is just so separate, you know, you get your tickets over here, you get your uh, merch over there, you, the music lives over here, you engage with artists, you know, on Instagram. Um, it's just all so disconnected. And, and we're trying to kind of bring it all all together on the same platform so that people can have a more sort of um, not only a more sort of complete experience, but a more connected experience with that artist in all the ways that that artist, you know, has to offer. Mm. Interestingly, when you, you know, Tool is a, ba a, fan, a band I'm a, a big fan of, and yeah, obviously they've been in um, the press lately. They're releasing their latest album after, you know, 10 years plus. Yeah a long time and you know they were always a band that wanted to stay outside of the system you know generally they've always tried to do things their own way which i've always respected and it was a little bit i wasn't surprised that they finally got involved in streaming but i was surprised maybe at the timing of it i thought they would have um you know taken some time to sell hard copy before they actually put the music to streaming because i was going to be one of those guys who's like yeah i'll pay 20 bucks for that vinyl or you know that's whatever you can give me i'm gonna pay it um, so, you know, you will see bands out there who have that name recognition who can sort of do that. They can, they can window that whole windowing, uh, scenario. They can, they, they know their fan base is going to be excited to get whatever products so they can say, well, we're going to sell hard copies. We're going to give a single for a while. We're going to do whatever we can do. But ultimately I think, you know, you're going to have to, you know, p participate, put your music into the streaming realm and, and then, uh, you know, I think, you know, to Chad's point, you know, you just want it, to, it's tough to say, I understand the idea of leveraging that song to create sort of a monetary experience around it. I think that's really important. Obviously, that's um, what we're doing. Um, but the song itself is worth something. I think in time, you know, if we're still talking about the future, I think the monetization around it will adjust and it'll, it'll get more favorable to artists. Um, but, uh, you know, essentially it's for artists to try and, and win fans, try and, um, you know, touring is still, you know, the moneymakers. Merch is still the moneymakers. So I think that experience is um, sort of the hub, that foundation. And then, you know, they, they do their best with streaming. I know it's not a perfect situation right now, 
I think we're all looking to improve that uh, for them. I think we as a company philosophically are trying to do that. Um, so a stream is important. It's, it's um, something, as Chad said, they want to leverage to a deeper experience that may you know, cause a fan to become an active fan, to you know, go to their show, check out and buy some merch, check out a live stream, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, I think that's you know, where we are. Just like me, my audience is made up of people who have their own small to medium-sized businesses in the music industry or are treating their artistic career as a business. So we're always looking for insights that cause breakthrough and help people overcome their mental blocks. So I'd like to few, ask a few questions in that vein. And the first is, what is the biggest challenge you've overcome as an entrepreneur? Jeff, feel free to, to start if you like. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'd say just, because, just in the music space in general, I think that the, the hardest part is the getting the licenses. Um, and as a streaming service, obviously, you know, you have to have the licenses um, to put music up there um, and charge money for it. And, you know, there's just there's a whole process to that. Um, we are going through a white label streaming service to help us with that. Um, and, you know, we may or may not do some direct deals with uh, distributors. Some, in some cases, we will just kind of piggyback on the deals that um, our white label service um, has. Um, but in general, for us, I think that's been that's been a challenge in just kind of keeping up with changes as they happen. Um, you know, there's just so much that goes on in the music business, and so for any given you know, from one year to the next, the landscape can change so much just in terms of being able to license content and what that cost, what that the advance might be that they're looking for. Um, you know, things just the landscape changes and shifts so quickly. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely been a challenge for us. Mm. For me, um, you know, I mean, I think what we're trying to do is, as it's been quoted to us, is an audacious thing. I mean, we're getting into music streaming among, you know, giants. So, you know, you have to get beyond that initial, like, are you serious? <laughs> You're going to do that? And we're like, yeah, you know, why not? Uh, I think uh, I think philosophically, I have a very uh, strong uh, perspective on why we feel this is a better avenue to, to go, why this is a better experience for, for artists and fans. So I think, you know, getting beyond those, um, those doubters, obviously you're going to have them. And obviously I think as an entrepreneur, as a human being, you just want to prove people wrong. You know, um, mm -hmm. it, it, I think you, you know, any entrepreneur, you just have to have a certain amount of delusion and a certain amount of confidence and, and a mixture of those things, two things. I'm not quite sure what the ratio are, but, uh, you know, I think, <laughs> I think it's important. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, obviously being believing in yourself and being hopeful. But I, I do think, uh, you know, walking into, uh, I say walking, uh, positioning ourselves in a, in a space that is obviously, um, you know, we've got, you know, heavy competitors that we're not necessarily looking to compete with directly. We're, we're sort of trying in being this artist centric space. We're trying to create an entirely new experience around streaming that hasn't really been done before. Um, so I think the, you know, the sort of the space, the, the, the sort of, uh, the grandiosity of it, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's, it definitely takes some, uh, motivation every day. You got to get up and motivate yourself to continue to walk down a path that you know is going to be, uh, 
uh, littered with, you know, landmines and moments where you're just going to like, really, we're doing this and things get in your way. You've got to consistently try to be consistent. You have to always tell yourself, you know, you you know, that's not going to stop me. You've got to continue to push yourself beyond um, what other people's limitations of you are. Um, I think that's really crucial because you're always going to find naysayers. You're going to tell people that you can't do it. You're also just going to find legitimate obstacles that you're going to have to go around. So you got to be creative and trying to find ways to do that too. And, uh, you know, if you've got an attitude like, you know, I'm going to fight as, until my last breath, then you might get there. But it does require that because I'll tell you what, it's, it, it can get rough. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is awesome. Uh, listeners should go back and rewind and listen to that a few times. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's not like a mantra every morning. Just wake up and like, oh my God, where am I? <laughs> yeah. And then on, on the other side of that, what's the greatest victory you've experienced as an entrepreneur? I mean, to me, it was just the most exciting moment was, um, you know, we worked on Ursa for years before we released it to anyone. Um, and you know, Chris sort of pointed out that we, we really are, with the amount of features that we've introduced, um, we really are more like four or five different sort of platforms. Um, we have the music streaming part of it with playlisting and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's also that sort of visual element with a, with a feed. So you've sort of got that Instagram, Facebook um, type you know, feed situation. We have a full on calendar, which is very similar to sort of a song kick or a bands in town or something. We have, um, you know, the whole crediting system is brand new, never been done before, um, and required a lot of work. Um, and then even, you know, just all of the admin messages that are associated with all that stuff is, um, is, is almost like a whole platform unto itself. So just getting all of that together into a space that is pretty elegant and easy to use. And as in terms of the feedback we've gotten, I mean, it's just been amazing. Just being able to release it into the wild and see, you know, real artists using it after all of these years of kind of putting it together. So we released it finally um, earlier this year into a sort of test beta. Um, we went to South by Southwest. And we talked to hundreds of artists and literally everybody we talked to, every single artist that came by our booth signed up for the private beta. Um, we were able to get, you know, over 350 artists just, just there at South by Southwest. That just felt like an incredible accomplishment um, just to get that instant, instant feedback where people would take a look at it and go, oh, my God, I want to get on this thing. This is amazing. And literally everybody just freaked out when they saw it so that was really rewarding because we you know we've been working for so long kind of designing this thing and then to actually get real feedback right there on the spot was incredible hmm. yeah I, I would echo chad's thoughts i mean for me it's always it's maybe not one big victory it's a series of small victories and each of those small victories is probably an artist saying wow i really like this 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 works for me um, getting that kind of feedback after years of uh, internalization, uh, of building of, uh, you know, whatever hurdles you have to overcome from a development standpoint, um, you know, that, that the blood, sweat and tears, as they say, 
um, getting that kind of feedback uh, in in the wild, in the real world, is a, a really gratifying uh, feeling. And it, and you know, when, or doing a po- podcast like this, you know, it's um, from going, you know, from your bedroom just noodling around on an idea to having something that's there, you know, people working on it, a common goal, a common philosophy, artists enjoying it, uh, teamwork that goes around it with our team and um, the feeling that we're getting from the fans and artists. It's it's a, a series of small victories. I mean, you can sort of look at sports analogies all day. I'm always sort of this guy who says, you know, you're going to cross some goal line. You're going to feel good about that for a while. And then you realize you got 100 yards down the line, you know, another goal line. But enjoy the, enjoy the, that, you know, that victory, that, that moment there, that milestone, and then uh, look towards the next one. So a series of those, um, as we've been finding. And I think for me, it is, as Chad said, it surrounds the artist's appreciation of what we've accomplished. Are there any books or other resources that have helped you on your journey? I've read quite a few. I liked the Lean Startup quite a bit. Let's see. I'm reading currently um, a book that uh, was recommended by a consultant of ours. Um, It's called Creativity, Inc., um, by Ed Catmull. It's about the um, uh, founding of Pixar, essentially. And just, it's kind of an incredible story about, um, you know, how he, he went from being a, a sort of very early stage um, engineer for this, for computer animation, to um, realizing, you know, basically putting out Toy Story. Um, as Pixar's first release, and the, that sort of 20-year journey that it took to kind of pull all that together from not only the technical side, but realizing that, you know, not only do you need all this great, you know, computer animation, you know, tools, you also need a great story and the human part of it. Um, I've, been, I've been really loving, loving that one. Yeah, for me, it's just any self-help book I can get my hands on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've just been kind of, uh, you know, focusing on maybe just how to keep the mind centered and, and, and balanced where you're actually motivated every day. Um, that's kind of the path I've been going down, which can be fruitful. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I've read my fair share of personal development <laughs> and self-help books, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On top of the... The, every period, all the trades of the day. I mean, gosh, there's so many different, you know, sets of trades you're reading, just research and, and you know, what's the latest, but um, all good stuff. Media research does a lot of good stuff. So mm. definitely. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for your time and generosity, Chris, Chad. Is there anything else I should have asked? Um, no, I, mean, I think I really appreciate the time. This is a, a I enjoyed the conversation and, and thank you for uh, having us. Yeah, I, I would just add, um, we are shooting for, we're still in closed beta. Um, so any artists or fans that are out there listening and are interested in being a part of that, you can go to our website, um, www.ursamusic.com, and um, you can fill out a fan waiting list application or, or an artist application, and we'll send you an invite to join the beta. Um, and then we should be going public where anyone can come and sign up um, relatively soon. We're shooting for around October 1st. And also we're at, uh, at 
Ursa Music on Instagram and Twitter. So come find us. Perfect. Thanks for sharing that. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Be well. Have you heard about the Music Entrepreneur Code yet? If you haven't, you will, because I'm going to keep talking about it. So you can go to musicentrepreneurhq.com slash code to learn more about the Music Entrepreneur Code and to get on the waiting list so you know exactly when it becomes available. Again, you can go to musicentrepreneurhq.com slash code to learn more. Thank you for listening. Music in this episode was brought to you by Brian Young. Wherever you're listening to this right now, please consider leaving a five-star review and comment to help us get the word out about the podcast. 